You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Unveil Part 3. Enjoy. Let's join our faith together. Father, I'm so glad that you're not a statue. I'm so glad that you're not a stained glass window, that you're not a religious accessory, that you're a living personal presence that is actively involved in our lives. And I'm so glad for your nature, that you're all good that there's not 1% of badness in you. You are fully trustworthy. You will never harm us. You will never harm our loved ones because you're good all the time. Knowing you removes fear from our lives. It doesn't add to it. It removes fear from our lives. Your goodness, your love, your mercy removes fear, removes dysfunction from our relationships. Holy Spirit, we embrace you fully this morning and we give you full right of way to transform us and lead us forward into the Father's good plan for our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you may not have been to a church service like this before. And I'm not sure what the proper protocol is, but I'm telling you that, that the Holy Spirit is leaping up and down inside of me because He wants to impart things to you. So you'll have to pardon me if I'm a little bit unorthodox and, and just go with my Chuck Taylors and let's hit it. All right? Listen to me. All of God is available all of the time to you. All that God is, is fully available to you all the time. What was that receiver the Patriots had? They called him 7-Eleven because he was always open. What was his name? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, there was a receiver in the NFL that had a nickname. I think they called him 7-Eleven or something like that because he was always open. But you know, that was a new concept in retail years ago. For a store to be open. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm not sure it's necessarily a good concept, but it was a new concept. It wasn't always like that. In other words, they're saying if you, if you need something from us, we're going to leave our doors open all the time, 365 days a week. Well, the reality is God is a 24-7 God. He never closes His doors to you. He's never closed He has no holidays. That was man's idea, to set aside a day and make it a special day. Every day is special with him. Every day is a a celebration with him. Every day is a party with your father. You don't realize how much you have to celebrate. The Holy Spirit wants to change that today. He wants you to realize that all of God is available to you all the time through simple faith in His Son. See, more people aren't experiencing more of God because they don't know how good He is. They don't know His nature, His heart. Listen, you cannot understand the Bible. 
You can go all the Bible studies you want, but until you know the goodness of God and the heart of God, you're never going to understand the Word of God. Far too many believers and non-believers have believed wrong things about God. And they don't realize it, but it's like a veil over their minds and hearts that blocks them from experiencing more of Him. Far too many people have listened to rumors about God. We're getting back to our series, Unveiled, today. Part three. Man's religious traditions are full of a lot of rumors about God. A lot of fake news, a lot of gossip. And I grew up hearing all kinds of rumors about God that if I wanted to be forgiven, I had to do certain things. And it was a long list. And it was hard to remember if I did them all. And every time I did them, I was reminded of how I failed instead of being set free from my failures. That's what man's religion does. It reminds you regularly of your shortcomings. That's not what God the Father does. He will remind you regularly of who you are in Christ. The answer to your sin is not looking at your sin or focusing on your failure. It's looking at Jesus and focusing on who you are in Him. Man's religion has no answers for you. It's important to realize, man, I realized that at, you know, I, I don't know, I was a kid and I realized that. But I had to go through what my, my folks told me I had to go through. And it was grueling for 17, 18 years of my life. But when I got left home, I said, see you later, man. I, I mean, I, I, I know what bondage feels like, and I've had enough. I need, God's got to be better than this. God's got to be better than this long list of do's and don'ts and all the accessories I've got to buy and all, the, all these things. I've gotta, there's got to be a God out there who loves me that I can talk to directly without any interference from man. And thank God there is. And he opened my eyes in 1989. So I was given this list of criteria. In order to be forgiven, you've got to do this. In order to be accepted by God, you've got to do this. In order to do the works of God, you've got to do this. But then someone should have stopped me from actually reading the Bible. Because I opened the Bible and I started to read it in the book of John. And I started to read what Jesus said. And, and I, I, I absolutely was shocked and I was mad. I was mad that I, all, of all the rumors I had heard about God. Now, you, we're not mad at people, but I was mad. I thought all of those Sundays, falling asleep on that hard pew, all of the classes I had to go through on Saturday morning instead of watching my cartoons. And it didn't change me. But here I just opened his book and read his words and my, I began to be transformed instantly. And I learned that I was saved by grace. Amen. Through simple faith in Christ. I learned that when I put my faith in Christ, I instantly became accepted. Instantly. Instantly. 
didn't have anything to do with my behavior or my past. That I'm accepted, that I became his very own son by simply believing in what he did for me. It just seemed too good to be true. But the reality is it's too good to not be true. It's just off the charts. It's too good to not be true. And I, I remember reading about Jesus and thinking, this is who I've been looking for. And I re remember reading in John chapter 6 where this woman comes to him and said, what must we do to do the works of God? And I had all my religious training and I was expecting a, you know, a, a four-chapter answer. And he said, believe on the one whom he sent. What must we do to do the works of God? Believe. I need that kind of simplicity in my life. Listen, when the devil's messing with you, you don't need 15 things you have to remember to do. You need to know one thing. Jesus is your Savior. Jesus is your righteousness. You're God's very own child. And Satan has no right in your life anytime, day or night, regardless of what you've done. Because your righteousness is from the Lord. And we've been doing Grace Revolution in our get-togethers. If you haven't read that book, what are you waiting for? Get it today. Grace Revolution by Joseph Prince. One of the best Bible study books you will ever read. But he talks in there about the prophecy in Jeremiah that says in these last days God is going to raise up shepherds. That's today. That are going to preach that the Lord is our righteousness. For centuries, people have been hearing other things. They've been hearing, you need to be righteous, and this is how you do it. Here's the 175 things you do in, plan, you know, in, in phase one. And once you get through 175 of phase one, we'll take you to phase two. There's 176 things there. And then we'll get to phase three. And, and it just never ends. And it never changes you. We're phased out of all those phases. We believe in what he did for us. So this church was begun to let you know that Jesus is your righteousness. And I'm thankful that he's called me to be one of those shepherds to build you up in the simple truth that you're the righteousness of God. Jesus is your righteousness. Your days of struggling are over. Your days of condemnation are over. Your days of depression are over. The joy of the Lord is your strength. His light is shining upon you. Get up and celebrate. Hallelujah. So we want to absolutely crush every one of these wrong beliefs. Not people. We're not mad at people, but we're mad at darkness. We're mad at wrong ideas about God. Not people. We don't, we don't put down others. We don't slam people on Facebook. But in our personal thinking, in our personal uh, lives, we want to be alert to the goodness of God and alert to ideas that we may have carried around for years that are contrary to His love for us. And I brought this up before, and I, I really feel it's very profound, uh, the movie that Jennifer and I went to see about Russ Taff, and I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, Jennifer, do you remember? Are you here? Oh, she's in the back. Um, 
it was a movie about Russ Taff, and if you don't know him, Russ Taff, I don't know how many Grammy Awards he won, but several, and he was a very successful vocalist, singer, recording artist, uh, in, in one of the pioneers of Christian music, and then he went to Southern Gospel. But all during his career and his success, he, 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 became, he was a severe alcoholic, and he, and he just couldn't seem to get free from it. And Russ grew up, and he, in this movie, he basically was an interview with him and just kind of went through his life and all this stuff. And he talked about his childhood, where his father and his mother just pretty much beat him up pretty hard. And there'd be times he'd just be laying on the floor and, and his mom would just be kicking him in the ribs and doing things to him that should never happen to any child. And, and he got to a point in his life after he got out of that mess and in his adult life he would just have these pains and, and, and nightmares and uh, come back and he didn't know what to do about it. And at some point in his adult life he was out somewhere, he drank some, some alcohol and he, he felt it kind of numb him a little bit. So he started doing it more and, and, and by the time he realized it wasn't helping, he was hooked on it. And no one had an answer for him, but what it was astounding to me is what set him free. It was the simple realization of how much his father, his heavenly father, loves him. So he went through program after program, and he came, the Lord impressed upon his heart to go to, a, to go to pray for an elderly man in a hospital. And he went to pray for this elderly man, and he walked into this elderly man's room, and he looked at him. Now, his, his biological father had already died, but this elderly man physically just resembled his biological father so much so that he got kind of stunned when he walked into the room. But this man was very different. He was happy. He was friendly. He affirmed Russ. He said encouraging things to him. And Russ was being ministered to by this man. And this man... Russ came there to pray for him. This man said, I want to pray for you. And he laid his hands, and they showed it in the movie, this man laying his hands on Russ and praying for him and speaking words of affirmation over him of how much his heavenly Father loves him and that he's accepted and loved. And from that moment on, he never took another drink in his life. He said, I didn't even want it anymore because I knew now that my Father, my heavenly Father, loves me. Don't ever underestimate the simple truth of how much he loves you. It never gets old. It is limitless in power. His love for you is limitless. You say, well, I already know that. No, you don't. You might know a little bit of it, but you need a lot more of it. You need to know more of how much he loves you. It's funny. We treat that as like a simple side thing. Okay, he loves me. Now let me get on with my life. It is the whole of life. It's everything you need to think about. It's all, everything you need, all that you desire to be, every desire and dream in every area of your life will, will come to fulfillment through a realization of how much He loves you. Everything. It's His love for you that is the answer for the issues you've been facing. He loves you, not because of your behavior, because He made you. He chose you. He chose to create you. He chose to give His Son for you. You didn't ask Him. You, 
Listen, if you've ever pleaded and begged to God, that is a sign you don't know how much He loves you. There's a popular phrase in Christianity, cry out to God. Why? Isn't He willing? Then, so I have to cry now? So he'll do it? Where does that come from? Lack of intimacy. Lack of knowledge of his love. You don't have to cry out to him for him to do anything. He's already done it through his son. Watch out for these popular little phrases. You go to prayer meetings. Everybody cry out louder, louder. Cry out. We're going to cry out. What are you crying about? Is God that unwilling that a hundred people have to come in a room and shout and cry for an hour for him to respond? Listen, the prophets of Baal tried that. It doesn't work. He's already done it. Boy, religion will trap you. Listen, he loves me. That's your agenda for this week. To focus on how much he loves you. I mean, I'm just an earthly dad, but man, I love my kids. I just, I'm just amazed, and, and it just grows. Again, I'm just a person. But man, Father, there's the natural, the, the godly love of a father is just unstoppable. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Right here. Healings all the time, 24-7. If you need healing in your body, that's His love for you. Healing is because He loves us. It's just that simple. He's provided healing because He loves us. He's provided riches financially because He loves us. There's nothing I wouldn't do for my kids. There's nothing I wouldn't give. Now, my resources are limited. His are not. We were talking about this at the get-together, you know. It's like uh, there's things you're afraid to talk. Oh, I know what you're talking about, you know. And thank God for my earthly dad. I love him, and, I, uh, and he's in, he, I believe he's in heaven. I believe he put his faith in Christ before he left. But, you know, we were kind of raised with a lot of fear of never having enough. And, and my parents did very well financially. I mean, you know, they, my, my moms, you know, they could, they could pay for homes with cash, and they did, they did well. But there was always an underlying fear of not having enough. And that came out in a pressure put on us from little kids. I mean, I felt guilty at the age of six I didn't have a full-time job. I, mean, I tried. I applied to all kinds of places. <laughs> Sorry to you. But what? There was this pressure that you've got to do something or you're not going to have enough. That's a fear that does not come from the Father. What did Jesus tell us? To look at the birds. I love our bird feeder. It's right out the side of our kitchen window. There must be, I don't know, five, seven, or more different types of birds that come to, I mean, we, we fill that thing up in four days, it's gone. And they're just like, choo, 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 choo. So I came up with this idea, I'm going to put a square reader out there. 
And every time they come, I have them swipe and charge them like 99 cents for every visit to the bird feeder. They don't pay for any of it. Incidentally, have you ever heard the phrase, you eat, that she eats like a bird? Has anyone ever said that? You know, we learned that birds can eat up to 20, 40, 50, even 100% of their body weight. So don't ever say that to someone. You eat like a bird. <laughs> so if you're 200 pounds, that's like, uh, how many quarter pounders is that a day? Like, I don't know, six. 50 quarter pounders a day, I don't know. But these birds, I like watching them thinking of what Jesus said. They're unemployed. They have no training. They have no degrees or certificates. They're just doing what they were made to do. And your heavenly Father provides for them. You're infinitely more valuable to Him than those birds. You see, man's come with this idea that puts this pressure on you. You've got to make ends meet or you're not going to have enough. That's not from your father. You know, you know what our responsibility is? To know him. Amen. To receive from him. Some of that also comes from pride where we want to take credit for the things we have. Right? Because I did this and I did that. No, we want God to get all the glory for the things we have. He gets all the glory for anything good in our lives, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is just good. Just good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hmm. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. I think He's ministering. I know He's ministering to people in a variety of ways. And I'm just listening as we're sitting here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, you don't know how amazing you are. That's a problem. You don't know how valuable you are. You don't know how precious and amazing and sought after you are. It's time to value yourself. Hold on a minute. Don't get pious, religion will balk at this. Well, that's, you know, I'm not talking about conceit. I'm talking about appreciating who God made you to be. Valuing yourself because he made you and he loves you. It's time to realize how amazing you are. Stop comparing yourself to others. There's a healthy comparing where you're, you want to learn and grow from others. That's fine. But don't ever look at someone else and say, oh, I wish I could do that. God has put inside of you everything you need to be you. If you don't be you, the world's going to be missing you. There's going to be a, be a big you-shaped hole in the world. We need you to be you. You'll never be you if you don't appreciate you and value who you were made to be. Amen. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit 
wants to not only unveil Christ to you, but unveil the real you to you. There are three things predominantly the Holy Spirit will unveil to you. Who Christ is, who Jesus really is. What He's done for us. And who you are in Him. Those three things pretty much cover everything. And the Holy Spirit wants to do that. So I'm praying a couple of weeks ago and spending time with the Lord, and I really felt He wanted me to share this uh, email I got with you. And it's from Brian Simmons, who's the uh, author of the Passion Translation. And uh, I get his emails. I, think, I don't know how often they come, maybe once a week, but I think they're called I Hear His Whisper. And this one was entitled, Live in the Spirit. And it says this, and he writes it in the first person as if God's speaking directly to you. So he says this, I'm calling you to leave behind the reasoning of this world and the opinions and traditions of men. And you'll find if you're struggling in some area, there's a reasoning or opinion in there that's not of him, that's not of your father. When that goes, freedom comes. I'm calling you to leave behind the reasoning of this world and the opinions and traditions of men. Come into true life with me. You have lived in your mind, now live in my spirit. Boy, is this for us today. You've lived in your mind with your natural reasoning, but now I want you to live in my spirit. Living by God's spirit is very humbling because you realize he does everything. I'm just following him. He, he leads, he guides, he directs, he provides, he strengthens, he heals, he fixes, he restores. I just believe. Wouldn't, be man, wouldn't man be shocked to find out that our role in, the, in this earth is simply to believe him? And he does the rest. This is so simple it might be shocking to you. You might want to just reject it and say, this is silly. But it's real. You've lived in your mind. I'm calling you to live your life from now on in my spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to unveil to you God's master plan for you. He's the only one who can do it. The divine purpose for you being on earth. This is one of the reasons that, that Satan has brought depression and into so many people's lives. So we have so many people 
in the church and out of the church who have no idea why they're in the earth. What their heavenly origin is all about. They don't hear about it in church. They hear about how much they've fallen short and all they've got to do to try and get right with God. Which is a dead end. Listen, God's divine plan for you will light you up forever. You will become intoxicated with His love for you. See, there's a good type of intoxication. It's this internal stimulus that affects how you operate, but it's not an external substance that will harm you. It's an internal love that will heal you. I hope you're grabbing this. This is fresh. God's master plan for your life will invigorate you. It will fill your body with a new strength. It's really what you want, you just don't know it yet. And if you don't know His divine plan, you're going to be struggling to make it what you think making it is or what you've been told making it is or what others have said you need to do. And you may reach that level of what they call successes, but you're still going to be dissatisfied because you were made for a divine purpose, not a man-made purpose. I'll continue with the email. The realm of the Holy Spirit is opened by my grace. Can't earn it. You can't qualify yourself. It's given to us. So that you can know me. Not in your mind. Just your mind. Your natural mind. In your spirit. My spirit will give you gifts, fruit, wisdom, and power. Live in my spirit and you will find your true destiny. I was talking with with Dan this morning before service. And I was reminded of a a scripture. and uh, It's in Romans 10, but it's quoting Isaiah and I forget the reference. But it says, those who trust in him will not be put to shame. But in one translation, in Isaiah, it says, those who trust in him, I think it's a King James, will not make haste or will not be in a hurry. And this is big for me in my life. And God has changed us so much, and it's still changing. But I found when I'm putting on my pressure, pressure on myself to get somewhere, that I'm not enjoying and resting internally, uh, that the, 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 the peace that's been provided for me, I'm not fully experiencing it because I'm, I'm in a hurry. I, I've decided I need to be at point C by a certain time or a certain date in my life, and I'm putting this pressure on myself to get there. And it affects your health. And I remember listening to a podcast some time ago, and they were interviewing a 
uh, a dad, husband, minister, leader who'd been leading for decades and married in, in leadership for 40 plus years. And this, this younger minister was saying, what would you say? It was kind of like his, his uh, ministry hero. He said, what would you say to a, a young minister? And he said, eradicate hurry from your life. Man, is that good. I understand there are, things, there are times when things have to be done. And you may have responsibilities and it's got to be done by May 7th. Well, trust God for that to happen. You stay engaged with Him. You do what you know you can do. You let Him illuminate your mind. And you let Him empower your body. And it will get done. But it won't get done by, by you stressing about it. By you putting pressure on yourself. It will be an internal uh, strength that will lift you up and, and, and like, like you're floating on top of it instead of getting buried by it. So it's, you couldn't live a more productive life than a life in the Spirit. See, how beneficial is it if I, if I reach my deadline on May 7th, but then I pass out from exhaustion? And I have health issues as a result of it. That's not success. That's not productivity. See, the world, boy, this is amazing. I didn't even plan on going into any of this. But the world has pressured us. Man's idea of productivity is, is achieving this particular goal. Never mind your health. As long as we meet our quota, your health is secondary. Oh, no. That's wrong. Your health is primary. You're, you're top priority to God. And you never have to, your health never has to be the expense of achieving God's goals for your life. I'm telling you, this is hot off the press. You never have to sacrifice your health to achieve the things that need to be achieved in your life. Never. Live in my spirit and you will find your true destiny. I'm just being ministered to myself right now. <laughs> the table of fellowship has been prepared. Come. Dine with me and enter into a greater joy. The joy of communion with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit, I tell you, you know, you do all that you can to prepare, but the Holy Spirit is just emphasizing this. There has been a professional model put before us by man where your health is secondary that you've got to climb the ladder and achieve a certain status, that that's what success is. I believe in my heart the Holy Spirit is impressing this upon me to encourage you to stop trying to climb the ladder. Let God elevate you. The promotion you really want is from Him. The wealth that He brings 
adds no sorrow to it. There are no strings attached. You didn't have to be manipulated to get there. You didn't have to do any favors for so-and-so to get there. God did all the favors for you. Man, oh man. I know this is ministering to somebody. I love the Holy Spirit. There's a greater joy. It's the joy of communion with the very Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. What would happen if our focus shifted from climbing the ladder to experiencing Him? You'd find your health would burst forth. You begin flourishing in areas where you're struggling. Thank you, Lord. Boy, Satan is good at getting your focus off of knowing him. He will tell you how unsuccessful you've been. Look what you haven't done. So-and-so's in your same field, and they've accomplished this. And look where you're at. And look at your age. This is how he talks to all of us. What's he doing? Trying to put pressure on you that will wear you out. Not in a day. It can take months and years, but it will wear you out. I was caught up in this. This pressure was put on me very young, and I remember I started full-time ministry in 1999. And I was at, and my mentor was having his retirement banquet. And man, I was just so used to go, 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 go. I put pressure on myself. I was at one point in my life, I didn't want to sleep. I still don't want to sleep, but I have to. (laughs) But what I would try and do is reduce my sleep to as little time as possible so I could get more done. And I was trying to get down to three hours. Listen, everybody's different. I'm not a three hour, four hour sleep guy. I'm just not. But I, I tried that, and I was, I, I, you know, because I was like, okay, if I get up, you know, three or four and go to bed at, you know, midnight, I can get all, I had a mapped out, man, all the things I could get done. And, and I, I, one day I was standing in an elevator, and I fell asleep. <laughs> or somewhere, I was going up, and I was like, oh, so this isn't good. <laughs> good. See, in basic training, they would do sleep deprivation. They're training you. They're trying to uh, see what you've got, how much don't quit you have in you. And we go from you know, like 3 something in the morning to 11 at night. And then maybe stand watch for a couple hours in between that 3 or 4 hour window. And keep going the next day. And we would have to take classes. But you couldn't sit down in the class because the moment you, your body sat, you'd do this. <laughs> so you'd stand in the back of the room like this, you know. Because if you fell asleep, you're in big trouble. But I tried to deprive myself to try and get somewhere. So here I am, just starting full-time ministry, standing at this momentous occasion of my mentor. And, and you know, there's all these ministers have traveled from all over to come and honor this man. And this big crack echoes through the banquet hall. You know what the crack was? My head hitting the dance floor. I passed out. And I was behind the stage, kind of off to the side, so no one could see me, but they heard a big conk. My wife was sitting out there. She knew right it was, so that's Joseph. 
I opened my eyes, and there's paramedics standing over me, and I got an oxygen mask on. And I'm thinking, I, I think the first thing I said is, what is this guy doing in my bedroom? <laughs> and I came to, and they said, uh, are you all right? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I said, I'm just really tired. And they said, why don't you, they said, you want to come into the hospital? I said, no. And, and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, and I said, I just need some rest. And they said, why don't you go home and get some rest? So uh, Jennifer, we walked out to the car, and I felt like I had just been in a boxing match, you know. And I sat in the passenger seat. It's nighttime. And she's driving me home. And I don't remember if we were on 195 or 95 where we were, but um, it was dark. You couldn't see anything. And all of a sudden, and I'm just like, whew, you know, resting in the passenger seat. She's driving. And these blue lights come on in our rearview mirror. It was a police officer. Now, there, he, pull, he pulled us over. And uh, every time I've been pulled over, which hasn't been very often. <laughs> my fingers are crossed behind my back. <laughs> Once in a long, long while. But actually, Jennifer was driving, so. But we got pulled over. What was interesting about this is he walked up to the vehicle, and normally, you know, one of the first things he'll say is ask for your license and registration. I don't know how I know that, but I've heard... <laughs> That's one of the first things they ask for. I see it in the movies, you know. <laughs> and uh, he didn't say any of that. She just rolled down the window and he stuck his head in and he looked at me. I'm in the passenger seat. And he said, everything's fine. Just slow it down. And he turned and walked away. Story's not done yet. I knew that that was the Holy Spirit speaking through that man or that angel. Amen. He turned and walked back behind us, and I, I, I just knew the Lord was speaking to me. Jennifer rolled the window back up. We got back on the highway. She looked in her rearview mirror. There was no car there, no police car. You know, angels are ministering spirits. Who are they sent to minister to? You. This angel was wearing blue. The Lord does want us to slow down. To not be in a hurry. None of this was prepared for today. What I'm sharing with you. His yoke is easy and his load is light. Now listen, I'm not the type of person that likes to sit around doing nothing. That's not what I'm talking about. I like, to, I like, to, I like all of the, the gifts and talents inside of me to be engaged on a daily basis. God wants you to be fully satisfied and engaged in your daily activities, but stress-free. Stress-free. The highest joys... And the best path for your life will be found by living in my spirit. Read that again. The highest joys and the best path for your life will be found by living in my spirit. Wow. And then in this email that Brian Simmons sends, 
He has Luke 11, verses 11 through 13 in the passage translation. Let me read this to you. He says, let me ask you this. This is Jesus talking. Jesus says, let me ask you this. Do you know of any father who would give his son a snake on a plate when he asked for a serving of fish? Of course not. Do you know of any father who would give his daughter a spider when she had asked for an egg? Of course not. Verse 13, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when His children ask Him? Amen. We have never asked our children to purchase one meal that they've eaten. And we never will. Will. Your heavenly Father is not asking you to sacrifice your health on the altar of someone else's idea of success. He has purchased success for you. He's asking you to receive His provision for your success. I like being done with a project and having lots of energy left over. Man, that's a good feeling. I like that. That's where God wants you. Where you finish that project and you're full of energy. You're still moving forward. You don't have to lay down for 12 hours or three days to recover. There's a pace that he wants to set for you. His yoke's easy. His load is light. I think it was Dan was saying, we're talking about traveling, driving, and, and comparing, going, you know, having, taking a trip and saying, I'm going to do so many hundred miles a day. And then someone else said, well, I set, my, my goal for the day is, was, was like a, you know, a third of that. You're trying to get this much done in a day, but maybe God's plan for you is less, less than that in a day so that ultimately you'll get more done. Life is not a 24-hour period. It's not a 365-day period. You've got 120 years Amen. on this earth and an eternity after that. Let's pace ourselves with the Holy Spirit's leadership. Wow. We didn't even get into the rest of this stuff. It's so good. I'll just hit you with a little bit and we'll get into it next week. Don't miss this. This is life-transforming stuff. No human being, no human being, no human being, not even your own parents, know who you really are. Only the Spirit of God does. No human being knows what you're capable of. 
No human being knows how your day should be structured and ordered. Only the one who made you. It's the one who made you. And this is true. People are different. Some people need more hours of sleep than others at different times in your life. There are different seasons. I found that in my life, there are times my eyes would pop open way before I plan on getting up and I'm ready to go. There are other times my eyes wouldn't pop open <laughs> and it was time to go, right? There are different seasons, but there is a flow. Jesus called it the unforced rhythms of His grace. And I like thinking of a calm shore on the beach where the waves are rolling in so naturally and rolling back out so naturally. And there isn't an ounce of stress with it. In fact, that's one of my favorite sounds is that sound of a calm shore. Or the crackling of a fire. I like that, watching a fire burn. God's bringing us into this pace that's going to that's gonna lead us into the fullness of His plan. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this time. This was refreshing. We needed this. Recalibrate us. Recalibrate us. Right now, adjust what needs to be adjust, loosen what needs to be loosened, tighten what needs to be tightened on the inside of us. Bring that flow into our days and nights. Refresh and restore us. Invigorate us now. That, Lord, as you accomplish the goals and things before us, when those projects are done, we're full of energy. We're full of inspiration and full of strength. That in the midst of the projects we have going on, we have time to do fun things. We can take little breaks throughout our day and just sit and have a coffee and a muffin. Thank you, Lord, for the unforced rhythms of your grace, for this Jesus pace, this unhurried rhythm of life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Just lean on the lean into the Holy Spirit. Let him minister to you. Let him refresh you. You know, he can make you feel like you've been at the beach for a week in a moment. He can refresh and invigorate you. In the Amplified Translation, 
in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus says, My yoke is wholesome. Brings relief and ease and refreshment and recreation into your life. Thank you for your ease, your refreshment, recreation in our lives. Hallelujah. All right, I'll share this as we're praying. So I was blessed on my birthday with this uh, beautiful instrument. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to do before I really used it was to get it calibrated. This is from the early 1960s. And um, do you guys know what a luthier is? A luthier is someone who works on stringed instruments. They can either build them from scratch or they can calibrate and adjust them. So uh, I, I wanted to take this to a, an expert luthier. And what they do is uh, they go through, see the sound is generated when you, the strings vibrate. And there's a certain amount of tension on each string. But it's got to be the right amount of tension to get the most out of this instrument. And there are several things that are adjusted to get the right amount of tension. There are little saddles that hold each string and there's a little screw that it sits on and you move that saddle back and forth. There's an internal rod you can't see in here. It's called a truss rod that goes through the neck that the right amount of tension will enable this thing just to fly when you put your fingers on it. Your fingers will just glide right over it if it's adjusted properly. Well, as we were at the Luthier, Jennifer and I went on Monday and went up to the Boston area and had my friend adjust this thing. The Lord started speaking to me. So I take it into the luthier and he lays it on his workbench. And the Lord speaks to me. He says, this is, this is what I do in your life. See, in the Old Testament, God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord your righteousness. A number of names. And I said, you are Jehovah Luthier, aren't you? <laughs> I'm the Lord your Luthier. And it was significant to me because this guitar is, a, is, is symbolic of a convergence of generations in my life and all the different things that the Lord has brought me through. But this is what the Lord does to us, and I want you to let Him do that this week. Lay on His workbench. Let Him adjust and tighten and move the things that need to be adjusted inside so that you have the right amount of tension. Tension is good in the right amount. If this had notes, see, when, I, when we first, at my birthday, they pulled it out of the case. In order to ship it, they had to take all the tension out. So it wasn't ready to play. They loosened this thing because it's going to be flying at a high altitude. And if you have too much tension on it, it something could crack. God, only God knows how much tension needs to be in your life at any given time. He's the luthier of your life. And he's going to adjust that tension this week. But let's get used to him doing that. Every week's not the same, right? It would be ignorant to think that 
every week is going to be the same in our lives. It's not. There are times when we need to be a little tighter. Times we need to be a little looser. But the Holy Spirit will do that. Boy, that's good. Isn't that good? Jennifer, are you here? Could you come on up? At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.